Welcome into this edition of Rangers Rumblings. I'm Hayden Smith. You can always find me on Twitter at BUH Money. And in this episode, I am going to unapologetically gush over Ian Desmond. I hope that's all right with you. Um, I would imagine that most of you guys listening to this uh, will join me and have been publicly and privately gushing over Ian Desmond already. So, I've just done some research and found the numbers to support uh, what he's been doing for the Rangers this season and uh, just, I don't know, why we should love him more. So, without further ado, let me just share some some tasty numbers that I have discovered about Ian Desmond this year. Now, uh, before I say anything else, we all know that he got, got off to a horrible start. Um, was batting 109 is what I believe the number was through 12 games. And uh, Bannister did one of his famous unpluggings on him, and it has been a revelation. It's awesome. Uh, something has clicked for Desmond, and uh, for a guy who has been known in his career as uh, a streaky hitter, he is on a hot streak that is definitely not a streak anymore. It seems like this is kind of more or less who Ian Desmond is, and that is awesome on so many levels. And uh, so good on Jeff Bannister, good on Ian Desmond, and good on us for getting to watch him night in and night out. So I'm recording this on Friday, June the 10th. And as we're recording this, uh, the Rangers are in first place. Things are going really well. And Ian Desmond has been the constant uh, carrier of the offense. Him and Mazzara, I've been doing great, but uh, this is about Desmond right now. Maybe we'll do an episode about Mazzara here soon. He deserves one, absolutely. And uh, I just thought, that's funny, is that they're nine years apart. Mazzara and uh, and Desmond, they're nine years apart from each other. Uh, they are awesome together. I love these guys in my outfield. Anyways, um, as of today on June 10th, Desmond on the season is batting 305. He is getting on base at uh, 350, and he is slugging 479, which is good for an 829 OPS, which is solid, solid, solid. Um, but his numbers obviously have been weighted down by his tor- her- uh, terrible start. And uh, but anyways, let's just talk about. Let's just here's just let me just throw some more numbers at you. He's already at uh, 2.3 wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. On baseball reference, he's at 2.1. And also, according to Fangraphs, he is already worth, like, if he were to um, just retire today and never play a game for the Rangers again, he would already be worth $18.3 million. He has been an absolute revelation, uh, a stud any kind of superlative that you want to throw on him is fitting. He is worth $18 million, and it's the first week in June. That's insane. He's already provided us with $10 million of surplus value. I, uh, who knows what his value is going to end up as if he keeps playing this way. Um, but some other things that make me feel really positive about Desmond, and like I said before, is that I don't think that this is a... Uh, a flash in the pan. This is not a streak for him. 
Uh, it seems like he's made some actual adjustments and he has changed who he is as a hitter. And because you just don't get hot for w- how long has it been now? Uh, uh, about two months. You just don't get hot for two months. I mean, not like this. So uh, there, there's some peripheral numbers that I'd like to share that make me believe that this is the new Desmond and we should all love him for it. So um, his strikeout percentage right now, he's a little bit above 21%, which is the lowest that uh, he's had since 2012. And uh, one thing that I found really, not one thing, I'm going to be saying numbers all day, but one of these numbers that I found the most interesting is uh, where he's been hitting the ball. He's been pulling the ball at 30%. He's been going up the middle at 40%, and he's been going the opposite way at 30% of the time. And uh, he has not hit it up the middle like this since his rookie season back in 2010. So 40% of the time, he's driving the ball back up the box to the middle of the field with authority. And he hasn't done that in the last six years. And the good thing is, is when he's doing that, he's actually batting 426 on balls he hits up the middle. And uh, he's, like I mentioned before, he's pulling the ball at a 30% clip. He has never in his career been cl- ever close to pulling the ball as little as that. So in his career, he's been way more of a pull hitter, pulling the ball to the left side of the infield and to left field. But he's using all the whole field these days, and it is paying off big time. Another thing that he's doing is he is hitting line drives like he has not since 2013, which, if you'll remember is 2013 is uh, when he was still a really, really good hitter um, before he started slipping uh, in 2014 and 2015. So his line drive rate is 20%, and he's batting 667 when he hits a line drive. So those numbers are encouraging. Uh, One thing, another number that I really, really just, I just love to see from him is that his uh, swing percentage on pitches outside of the zone is unprecedented for him. He's only swinging at 29.5% of pitches outside of the zone. And that causes pitchers to come into the zone more, right? And so even though they're doing that, he's taking more strikes. He's only swinging at 64% of pitches in the zone, which is the lowest percentage of his career since 2011. So he's not swinging at balls, he's not swinging at strikes that he doesn't want to hit, and so he's waiting for his pitch. These pitchers are working more in the zone. Uh, They're throwing him strikes 51% of the time, which is the highest percentage for his career. So he's not taking, or he's taking balls outside of the zone. He is not swinging at strikes that he doesn't want to swing at. He is making the pitcher work in the zone, leading to favorable pitches, and what does that lead to? It leads to a 368 batting average on balls in play. So I I was actually earlier today listening to the podcast uh, that I recorded uh, after the first week of the season because I remember that I had some thoughts about Ian Desmond. I mean, we all did, but I remember that I was particularly down on him. And uh, one of the things that I said is that he absolutely needs to change his approach. He has lost. I'm not ready to... to declare him to be a bust but something has got to change and wouldn't you know it he is 
the most disciplined he has ever been in his career. He is using the whole field, and he is hitting the ball hard, and he's doing it in clutch situations. So that's another thing that, uh, I don't know, maybe it endears Desmond to us a little bit more than if he were just able to get hits uh, regularly, which is great. But it seems like Desmond always comes through. If there's a guy on in scoring position and it's late in the game, I mean, you know that you you can go ahead and put that run on the board because he's going to drive that guy in, right? Well, as uh, Fangraphs would, would tell you, is that he's actually uh, the most clutch player in baseball this season. Uh, he is the best hitter in high leverage situations. And um, I also have some numbers from baseball reference to, uh, to support this. So, uh, but just combining fan graphs and baseball references resources. So he is second in Major League Baseball in win percentage average, win percentage added. So what that means is that let's take an event. Let's take like his game uh, against the Astros the other day. It's a tie game. It's the eighth inning. Um, when Desmond hits a two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, that shot the Rangers' uh, probability of winning that game way up. And so when you add all of his win percentages together, uh, it gets it at 2.95 win percentage added. And that is second in Major League Baseball, only to David Ortiz, who if you just kind of want to, um, I don't know, leave your mouth agape for a little bit at the wonder that David Ortiz is is right now go ahead and look at his stats i will not share them i will lead you to figure those out on your own because they are incredible uh good for him i guess anyways uh more stats about desmond he has got four two out home runs with two outs he is uh he has a 910 ops with runners in scoring position he is batting 328 when there's a guy on any base at all he's batting 386 when the Rangers are behind or losing in a ball game, he is batting 348 and he's OPSing almost a thousand. Um, but the numbers just get even better. Um, when the game is late and close, which according to BaseballReference.com is when it's the seventh inning or later, and we are either tied uh, up by one or the tying man is on deck. So in those late and close situations, Ian Desmond is batting 371. He is slugging 7.43, and his OPS is two, or his OPS plus is 2.37. 2.37. So that is 137% better than the rest of the league in late and close situations. And then when you even consider the fact that he's doing this against, uh, you know, likely high leverage relievers, um, power pitchers, it doesn't matter. Desmond is getting the job done when the game is in the balance. Um, in high leverage situations, which is a little different from late and close, uh, he's batting even better. He is batting 432. He is uh, getting on base at a 469 clip, and he's slugging 818, which is good for a 1288 OPS, which is 146% uh, better than the league average. This guy is an absolute monster when the game is on the line. Um, in the field, he is playing with great defense. He just threw out a guy the other day with a, uh, just an absolute rocket to home plate. Um, that throw was clocked at over 90 miles an hour. Um, he's looked great in the outfield. He's had some, I don't know, some a little bit of growing pains, but this is a guy who's been a career shortstop 
and our starting center fielder was pretty bad. So we were like, well, uh, Ian, why don't you, you can do this, right? And he's gone out there. He's done an absolute fantastic job. I think that he will be able to market himself as a center fielder when he is a free agent after this season. And so after this season, what comes next for Desmond? Um, let's look at what kind of contract he might demand um, and whether or not that fits with the Rangers' plans. Um, so the 2017 outfield free agent class um, is somewhat top-heavy. Um, if you're looking through uh, rose-colored glasses, um, along with Ian Desmond, the other outfielders that will be free agents after this season are Colby Rasmus, Jose Bautista, Carlos Beltran, Carlos Gomez, Josh Reddick, and that's kind of the end of the notable names. So um, Carlos Gomez and Carlos Beltran probably are not going to get anything serious, um, one because of ineffectiveness and the other because of his age. Colby Rasmus, I mean, he'll find a place to play. Jose Bautista, he'll get paid some. Josh Reddick is a really nice player, but um, Ian Desmond, let's let's see what, in this market, what would he demand? Um, well, as of right now, on spotrack.com, which is a website I found when I was researching this, I found it to be a great tool. Um, it's spelled S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Um, they value Ian Desmond right now at $18 million a year, um, and they think that he the contract that he should demand is six years and $108 million, which is very similar to the seven-year $107 million contract that he rejected from the Nationals just a couple years ago. Um, so I also looked up uh, some other outfielders and saw what kind of contracts that they were able to earn when they were free agents uh, here in the last couple years. Um, Ian Desmond will be 31 uh, come next season, so I was looking for people around that age and kind of around that similar skill set as well. So some uh, some notable names and some notable contracts that I was able to find. And uh, Alex Gordon, I think, is a pretty good comp. Um, when he was 32 this offseason, he was able to sign a four-year, $72 million deal with an option that would have bumped it up to five years and $95 million at the end of the deal. Um, Hunter Pence, he when he was 31 in the 2014 offseason, he signed a deal worth uh, $90 million over five years. Jacoby Ellsbury, he, uh, in 2014 as well, when he was 30 years old, he actually was able to sign a seven-year $153 million contract with a, an option at the end of that that would bump it up to eight years and $174 million. Uh, so looking at those kind of contracts for for these premier outfielders, and who are around the same age that Desmond is, um, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm feeling something around five years and $90 million. I think that he could demand more, and I would not be s totally surprised if another team gave him more than $90 million this offseason. Um, but I do have a feeling that his entire body of work will kind of be used against him because the only reason why the Rangers were able to get him on one year $8 million is is because he had been so poor um, the last two seasons. So I think that a team will not pay him only for this past season, for 2016, but they will also want to kind of hedge their bets a little bit and not pay him 
uh, just for this season, but maybe give themselves a discount because Desmond doesn't really have this history uh, that he's showing right now this season. Um, so five years, $90 million. That puts him in the range of Hunter Pence and Andre Ethier that signed very recent contracts. Um, it's a little bit uh, sweeter than Ian or than uh, Alex Gordon's deal. So I think that puts it about right. Now, what does that mean for the Rangers? I honestly don't know. It seems that Desmond is a very uh, a, a important member of this team right now. But you can't talk about the future of our outfield without including uh, Lewis Brinson. And he's a young guy, a prospect that's very toolsy, a defense-first guy. Um, and he's long been projected to be the center fielder for the team in 2017. The only kind of hiccup with that is that he has had um, kind of a rough time in Frisco right now in AA. So I don't know if the team is going to just kind of assume that Brin that Brenton's going to figure it out and he'll be fine, and they will bank on this guy being a major league center fielder uh, here pretty soon, and they will let Desmond walk, or will they say, hey, this guy, we can't let him get away and he wouldn't absolutely break the bank. We would be getting great value. He's already been around this team, um, so they would know firsthand what kind of intangibles and clubhouse presence he provides, which apparently is off the charts. So I really don't know. That's going to be fascinating. I think that if Desmond keeps playing this way, he might play his way out of the Rangers' pocketbook, but... Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I, I personally, the only thing that's keeping me from getting myself an Ian Desmond jersey is the fact that he's only here for a season right now. So if he were for some reason to sign a contract extension or uh, there was just some guarantee that he was going to be here for the next couple of years, then I would absolutely go out and get me some Desmond gear. But as it is right now, we'll just have to enjoy him uh, playing for our team, manning center field, getting those clutch hits. I mean, can you believe... Let me just share that number one more time. In high-leverage situations, he is hitting a 1288 OPS, which is 246 OPS plus. 146% better than league average in high situations. Where the rest of the league wilts, Desmond excels. He is a winning piece on and off the field. I absolutely love this guy. I believe that his approach has changed... Um, drastically, I believe the numbers say it, his plate discipline, the way that he uses the field, just the Ian Desmond experience is awesome, awesome, awesome. So, anyways, that's going to do it for me on this episode of Rangers Rumblings. You can always find me on Twitter, at B-U-H Money. If you enjoyed this, then please go ahead and share it, retweet it, and uh, let's just build up the following here. Let's have some good Rangers conversations. So go ahead and put on a pot of coffee and get ready to watch the Rangers play some crazy West Coast baseball on this long road trip. And uh, this is I just got a feeling, you guys, that this is a special team. Things are coming together really well. So one more time, thank you so much for listening. This is Rangers Rumblings.